Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band. It means, yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way officially. So go down as episode number 136. It's a live edition of Unfiltered on a Friday morning in TGIF. To all of you, we'll cap the winter meetings, do some winners and losers, get into some of the latest moves, including the Mets refinding Nibbo for eight years on that deal and adding David Robertson yesterday, Xander Bogarts to San Diego. What happens to Dansby, Carlos Correa, those who are still out there in the mix, and of course, Ode, door buddy, Arson Judge. We'll get through all of it and more with you along the way here live. As always, thank you, Unfiltered Band, and thank you for all being with us. You can get us here live when we do so on Twitter or on my YouTube channel, which you can find in the bio, or Believes, that's B-L-E-A-V. Or, of course, you can get us equal opportunists that we are along the way, always, everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, etc. Basketball's back, and Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll get the latest odds, team matchup info, Player news and game trends over at Bet Online. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. So it's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. It's simple. Head over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag to join. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online where the game starts as we get started here. You could chat along the way, either on YouTube, open up the chat, or you could do so in Twitter. You can uh, reply and give your responses in Twitter. And uh, if I'm still on here live, I'll obviously get into them. If not, I will get into them on delay. Always try and hit each and every one of you along the way. And thanks for the support for the show. Let's get right into this and start with uh, Nimmo. All right? There are always scenarios to be negative about when you're a sports fan. There's no better proof of that than when you are sitting there and if you are a Met fan, you are dyed in the wool, you're a diehard, and the Mets are like a religion to you or the Red Sox or whatever team you root for, whether they have the struggles a Met fan has had over the years or not. But especially if you have, That CTSD, that consistent traumatic stress disorder that being a Met fan brings to you. You can easily forget about all of the years. Somehow, many of you forget about all the years of pain. All the years of acting like the Milwaukee Mets. No offense to the brats and the cheese and anything about Milwaukee. Great spot. But when you are in New York and you root for a team that is in New York, in a big market, and especially in a market like New York, you have an expectation that your owners will spend. And many of you have forgotten very quickly what it was like, owed to uh, the schmoozer Steve Summers with the coining of the coupons, what it was like to live with life with the Wilpons, where you would get outbid for seemingly everything. Now, sure, there were times where the Mets would bid on players and they wouldn't want to play for them and even try and overpay, and they wouldn't want to play for them. But you have to ask yourself, 
Would you rather be in a situation where you are complaining about perhaps overpaying for a player, or would you like to revisit what life was like before Steve Cohen? As I put out on Twitter yesterday, here's the ledger since Steve Cohen became the owner of your baseball team. Since a diehard fan like you and me, except with a lot more money in his pocket, went from the text thread with his friends about the Wilpons to getting rid of the Wilpons and becoming the owner of the team. A 100-win season, haven't had many of those. Buck Showalter, Francisco Lindor, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, overpaying to keep the Diaz's and the Nimmo's. And yeah, an overpay year four and five for sugar. Yeah, overpay year seven and eight. Not in the AAV, I don't want to hear it. If you don't understand that in today's day and age, and $20 million is a ton of money, but if you don't get the $20 million is a steal in a lot of ways. If you get the production, it's an if. But if you get the production you got out of Nimmo last year when he was healthy, then you just don't understand where baseball is at right now monetarily in this market, and that's on you, not on me, not on Brandon Nimmo, not on Scott Boris, and not on Steve Cohen. He brought you back the black jerseys. You got the statue of, for Seaver. You got the old timers day. You got the Willie Mays scenario. You, you, how many things have you gotten already in the last three years? No, you didn't win a World Series yet. And nobody's saying that. And by the way, speaking of the everybody wants to get on everybody for everything. And I'm going to get into the Red Sox today. I'm going to get into the Padres today. I'm going to do a ton of teams around the league. This is not just a Met thing where I'm starting because Nimmo obviously last night the big news, so I'll start there. I got the hat on. When you sit there and you think about where you're at right now in the marketplace, you have to overpay in almost every scenario. That is just life. It's why you give Aaron Judge nine years and hope to get six. It's why Texas gave DeGrom five, maybe six, hopes to get three. That's just the price of admission. The going rate is not in average annual value, but the going rate in the four major sports is always in term, as they would say in hockey, in length of contract, in years. That is just the way it is. You're going to be eating money on the back end. But if you are a Met fan and you're complaining right now, you are an ass. The team lost big games in September to bad teams. Yes. The team didn't beat the Braves. Yes. They either blew it or the Braves took it. Either way, it's not fun. Yes. The team had the embarrassing situation that you had with Musgrove and went home, and the only game they won and beat the Padres, the guy who pitched it's not on your team. All true. Bringing Nemo back, if Verlander does what DeGrom did or somehow more, Quintana does, let's say, what Walker or Bassett did, you're still one short. You still need more hitting. Robertson does what Adovino. You still might need even with Rayleigh and all of those things you could try and put together. They're all true. But even if you were just as good, you won 101 games and had a chance to win the whole thing. How many teams can say that? How do you think you feel if you're a National League fan right now and you're a fan of the Cincinnati Reds and the C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I Cincinnati. How do you feel if you're a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates? How do you feel fan of the San Francisco Giants? You're considering arson. Because if you're not the Padres or the Dodgers or the Braves or the Mets or the Phillies or the Cardinals, you pretty much can go home. Today, tomorrow, the next day, in 2023, and at least through 2024. 
What team you want to give me? Cubs, no matter what they do, not going to be ready to win at that level yet. Brewers, we know, obviously, Count's going to do what he can do. Craig Council with that group. They're going to pitch. Not going to do enough. Giants, not there. Love Torrey Lavello in Arizona, what they did. Not there. I, like, I think Skip Schumacher is a great hire, but Don Mattingly was not the problem with the Marlins. You're not there. If you're not the Padres, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, the Cardinals, and that is Padres, Dodgers, Mets, Braves, Phillies, six teams. If you ain't one of those six teams, you could go home. That's it. You got no shot. You got nothing to play for. You got nothing to play with. It's over for you. Just go home. Because those teams are just continuing to get better. The Dodgers haven't even really done anything yet. We don't know the situation with Dansby Swanson yet with the Braves. The point is, those teams, and we'll get into Bogarts here in a bit, those teams and where they are, the haves and the have-nots, especially in the National League, forget it. Now let's go to the American League. Yankees brought back Judge. Astros, yeah, they lose Verlander. I think Christian Javier is a, a Cy Young candidate if he's healthy. So they're going to be just fine. Jose Abreu, pretty good ad, don't you think? Great. So who's ready? Mariners, getting better. Are they going to beat Houston next year? Probably not if the Astros are healthy enough. Probably not. Texas not ready, despite what they've done. And I like, look, you had DeGrom, you had Heaney, you had Seager and Simi. You understand what they have. We know what they don't have, too. Angels, really? No offense to Gio Urshela, Hunter Renfro. Really? No. And and Otani got one year left. He gone. No. Mike Trout can't do it on his own. That's why he's got 11 career postseason at-bats. In one year where they won 98 games, it seems like 98 years ago. The Guardians love Tito. Love, a Hall of Fame manager, one of the greatest managers of all time. One of the greatest making chicken salads and the other kind of chicken of all time. Like the Josh Bell move. Like a lot of the pitching. Like what they have. How do you not? Okay. You afraid of them? There are teams in that division probably still not even afraid of them, even though they should be. White Sox haven't done anything yet. Who knows what the Twins, they haven't done anything yet either. Jays are getting better. They're going to be good. The Orioles are getting better. The Rays are always good. Who knows what with the Red Sox, and we'll get to them. So you got Yankees. You got Astros. You got Jays. You got kind of Rays. You got kind of Guardians. And what else? You, you got kind of Mariners. What else you got? If you're anyone else, what else you got? You got Jack and what comes with it in 2023, probably 2024. Now we're into 2025. So if you have a chance to win within those margins and you're in the haves and not the have-nots, you better have everything you have and you better spend everything you've got. And give credit to Steve Cohen for at least doing that because I got news for you. Even though the Mets are in a big market and New York's a big market, you think Steve Cohen's the only owner that can do this? Because he's not. You look at the luxury tax, and you sit there and you, you, you watch the way that Steve Cohen is pretty much laughing at it. Do you know how much money this guy has? Do you know how much money you have to have to own a baseball team? And I mean the Pirates, the Twins, the Nationals, the Diamondbacks the Orioles, any of these teams. I'm not talking about the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers. We, we bring up like three teams. Oh, wait, sure. You know, where do the Padres have all this money? It costs a lot to own a baseball team. All of these owners are rich. They all got tons of money. 
Most of them play within the margins, and they want to make money. And to make money, if you're not coming into the building, if we're not winning, if we're not getting postseason dollars, then I got to worry about what's within there. But what are you willing to risk, right, to get the reward to win? Even at the highest level, you got to have that. You say what you wanted to George Steinbrenner, who should have been the Hall of Fame a long time ago, in my opinion. But here's a guy who was always in the papers talking crap about his own team not doing enough and putting his own money in it. Those are the owners that stand out. The owners that you know, that dude wants to win. They want to win bad. How do you think a Padre fan feels right now? They don't know why the trucks are being backed up or where the money, you think they care where it's coming from? They care that owner wants to win as bad as you do. When an owner with all the pockets wants to win as bad as a fan who's putting it out there from the pockets to pay for parking, to go into the seats, to do all that stuff, and to sit there and invest all their time and live and die with your team, that is what you want. That is what you sign up for. Does that guarantee you a playoff spot? No. Injuries can still happen. Does it guarantee you a World Series even if you get there? No, it does not. No, it does not. Does it have to be on money alone? No. You have to draft. You have to develop. You have to make smart trades. You have to have a good system. You have to have analytics. You have to have coaching. You have to leave the leadership in a room. Those are all the things. And mind you, I know what the Astros also did, but that lead you to six consecutive LCS appearances. Those are the things that had the Braves down here in Atlanta where I am with John Sherholtz and Bobby Cox, 14, 15 division titles in a row. Those are the things when you go back to the late 2000s with the Philadelphia Phillies that had them, what, win five division titles, get to two World Series and win one. Those are the things that happen. And then it's how long can we extend that? How long can we win for? Well, when you are already banking on Max Scherzer and now Justin Verlander, and you had no choice, and it was the right thing to do, and kudos to them, as I said this a few days ago on this show, years ago, even at that money, Justin Verlander's not becoming a Met. What the hell is he going to go there for? Max Scherzer ain't becoming a Met. What the hell is he going to go there for? Play for the Mets? No. They're going to have to overpay crazy kind of dollars. They're going to have to be the ones who offer Judge the $40 million for 10 years like the Padres didn't get turned down. That's the world the Met fan had to live in. You're not there anymore. Now you got to pay top dollar, but they're coming to you when you pay top dollar. They want you when you pay top dollar. That's not how it was before. Steve Cohen has done that. Buck Showalter coming in has done that. Max Scherzer not only accepting and wanting to go there, but then championing what's going on in that room has done that. 101 wins did that. If you can't be happy now, go into a hole, crawl into it, and live there. Seriously. Grow up. Doesn't make up for, for not winning the division. Doesn't make up for how you felt when Darren Ruff was getting at bats and pitching better than he did hit when they brought him over. No. Doesn't make up for what happened with Musgrove and the ear nonsense. Doesn't make up for any of that. When there were at-bats that, by the way, still a problem, that weren't good enough, where you're sitting there and praying for Jeff McNeil or Brandon Nimmo to come to the plate during at-bats over the last month and a half, two months? No, it's not good enough. But they won 100 games, and you're in it to win it. And in baseball, if you're in it to win it, that's a thing. That's a thing for the owner and for the business because that's dollars and tickets that are being sold. That's postseason dollars and money. That's the next year excitement from free agent signings and dollars and money and sponsorship and ticket sales. That's important. Big for the fans because you care and you get a chance to win because you're not disappearing in the middle or late in the season worrying about your fantasy football team in August because your team got a shot to win. If you're complaining about that, you're a moron. You are a moron.
Met fans sitting there t- tweeting me yesterday, yeah, but, but you know, uh, what about giving Nimmo the seventh and eighth year? You know what? Guess what? That same idiot, if Nimmo went there and signed, right? Not Nimmo the idiot, but the fan. If Nimmo went there and signed with the Seattle Mariners or the St. Louis Cardinals or the Yankees or Red Sox or the Jays, and I'm just naming some of the teams that could have been in it, the Padres or whoever else, and he would have left, right, for this same deal, you would have had this same Met fan saying, Really, Steve Cohen, you're here with all that money? And yeah, I know he probably only worth six, seven years, maybe five. I understand. I get it. What the hell are we going to do now? Bellinger's already in Chicago. Hanniger's already sitting there. What, are we going to bring Conforto back? I don't want Marte in center field. What are we going to do about this? Now, we had a problem with ABs. That's the best at-bat we had in our lineup most of the year, even though he's leading off. What the hell are we going to do now? What about adding a left-handed hitter? That same Met fan, that moron, would have been complaining about that instead. So shove it. Seriously, crawl into a hole and drown. Facts. Facts. Third time for effect. Beetlejuice, Candyman, facts. I'm so sick of it. Let's get to DeGrom. Because I got to comment on this before I move on from the Met stuff. And I hit a bunch of teams today. I don't know how long this will be, but I, I got a I got a bunch of things written down, and we'll be here a little while because I want to make sure I kind of touch and feel as many teams as I can. All right. And obviously, chat along the way live, YouTube, Twitter, but you can get in if you get this on uh, Spotify, Apple, and the podcast side. You can write me comments, notes that you know, hit as many people as I can, whether you're up front or if you follow each other on the DMs or whatever, and talk some baseball. I want to talk about this with Degrom. Let me preface this with all right. I'm not butt hurt. I am never the type of person, and I'm not. You can go back, track record, listen. If you listen to my shows for the last 20 years, you know this. I was even somebody who had no problem at all and still have no problem at all with Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. None. I was working with some of the most prominent people who were against that, and I didn't have a problem with it and didn't understand it because if you've asked me even money, do I want to live in Oklahoma City or in the Bay Area? Sorry, Oklahoma City. Sorry to my friends Matt Holiday and others who are from near that area. Sorry. Sorry. Better chance to win, Adam and the Bayer. No, are you kidding me? I have a problem with that. What, what do I owe you? I got to prove to you I can win with Russell Westbrook. How's that work for everybody else? Prove to you I can win with James Harden and win it all. How's that work for everybody else? Even though it was before we even knew what James was. So just as an example, even though it's a different sport, I never have a problem with, with, with players making decisions because it's their choice. If a player wants to leave, you know, and go somewhere, you can't complain. I always bring up the same examples. I remember covering when Mark Teixeira, oh, he's got to come home to Maryland. Why? Would you go to the Orioles or the Yankees at around the same money? Are you serious? Why? He could do whatever the hell he wants. You know, and I know we look at him differently now, but if Robinson Cano at the time didn't want to take $180 million and for $60 million more wanted to go to Seattle, yeah, we all recognize all the things that were different. Probably never going to win as much. He's not in New York. If Aaron Judge had just left, I would have said the same thing. That's his prerogative. These are guys who earned their place, their opportunity to do whatever the F they want. It's their career and their life and their family. It ain't yours and it ain't mine. So I preface it that way because I'm not butt hurt about anything that's related to baseball or sports. Anything. Literally nothing. I don't care as much. I'm passionate. I, I have passionate opinions. I feel. Sure, if I'm angry about something, I'll tell you. 
Am I angry that Jacob DeGrom went to the Rangers? No. Am I surprised that he went to the Rangers? No. Did I, I think it was telling? And this is what I mean. Like, I, you know, I tweeted when the Aaron Judge thing came out, I had tweeted that, you know, unlike the DeGrom, literally all I tweeted was, this is how life works. This is just facts. I said, unlike the DeGrom scenario, when you go back and look at my Twitter, this is all just, unlike the DeGrom scenario, it seems as if Aaron Judge went back to the Yankees with his best offer. They matched it and got the player. Now, those are facts. That's what happened, right? I didn't say anything except what happened. Hey, this is what seems what happened. My point being, and I said this at the time with DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom did not want to be a Met. Now, did that mean if he became a Met and went back to them and they offered him a five- or six-year deal and the Rangers hadn't offered five or some other scenario developed that he would have been miserable? No, I'm not saying that. Do I think he hates everyone? No, I'm not saying that. Do I think he hated New York? I'm not saying that. But I think the read we all got on him was the right read. The read we got on Nimmo. Now, look, you got an eight-year offer. I get it. But was the right read. You heard Edwin Diaz. Now, you got a five-year offer. I get it. But you heard him and you believe in the insane level of passion that a Pete Alonso has for playing. And by the way, it's not just about the Mets. Xander Bogarts had that for the Red Sox. They didn't handle him the right way. So it doesn't guarantee you anything. He wanted to be a Red Sox so bad. They're lowballing that guy by, like, at the time, like $130 million. And he's still coming back, crawling, tail between his legs, saying, I want to be with you. Like, he sent them a mixtape, or he's John Cusack out there, and they basically left him with his boombox to sit out there in the rain. Say anything for any of you who don't understand John Hughes' greatness, etc. But here's where we're at, okay? Jacob DeGrom does not owe me anything. He don't owe you anything. He don't necessarily owe the Mets anything. You know, he went out there. Look, they held him back from pitching. He pitched when he could. He was at a Cy Young level. He was the best pitcher in the game. And when everybody folded down the stretch and Scherzer was awful and Bassett was awful and the hitting was awful and Buck wasn't good and all that, guess what? DeGrom showed up. Battled, wasn't perfect, but gave him the one outing they needed to get the one win they got. He don't owe us anything. But... And I preface it because all that's true. Now, if I said this on its own, then I'm butthurt. People are still going to say that, like with the tweet, for example. I don't want to hear a single bleeping peep about your stupid vision. Unless you're trying to tell me, and I usually wear glasses, and I like improvement of my vision, I'm nearsighted, you want advice from me, I'll take it. You want to talk about vision in the Marvel films? I'll talk about vision. You want to talk about Cyclops with X-Men? I'll talk about vision. You want to talk to me about Pearl Vision and you're sitting there and you're donating to them because they're a part of some charity or they're your sponsor? I'll listen to that. You want to tell me about the Texas Rangers and their vision when you just came from a team that won 101 games, basically handed you anything you could, treated you like a god, tried to nurse you in a bubble so you could get out there because you could never pitch consistently, and you didn't even give them a chance to match an offer and then you want to tell me about a vision of winning when you just went to a team, and I love Bruce Bochy, and I love Chris Young, both, and I think the Rangers are going to win at a better level for sure. I like the Heaney move, too. I like John Gray, the ghost chaser. I like all that. I, I'm not, I got no problem with any of that. Like Seager, like Simi, I like a lot of what the Rangers have. But you can't come from where the Mets just were and where you just were in the playoffs Go to this team who's got the Astros in your state and your division and tell me about vision unless you are goddamn bleeping blind. I don't want to hear it. That, and pardon me, family show, is bullshit. 
That's bullshit. It is okay to choose to go to Texas because they offered you five years and you knew the Mets probably wouldn't. And even if you knew the Mets, even if they would, you didn't want to go back and ask him to match because what if Steve Cohen got crazy and said yes? And that's why, you, part of the way, that's part of, and this is just common sense, part of the reason why you don't do that is because if I go back to you and I don't want to come to you, what if you match the offer? Then I wasn't, yeah, I mean, transparent, at least to Jake's credit, he didn't do that. He just left. Here's the, the amount of years I'm looking for. Here's the place I want to go. He got both. He wanted to go to Texas. He didn't want to be in New York. He didn't want any of that anymore. Is it because they babied him? Is it because of Brody Brown Wagonin? Is it because of, you know, who knows what, the New York scene? Is it because he felt like, they, you know, Buck loved Scherzer more than him? I don't know. I have no idea, and it doesn't matter. It's his prerogative. But don't you dare give me this bullshit about vision. And guess what? Steve Cohen had the same reaction I did. I don't think it's any... Now, I'm not saying, well, because Jacob deGrom said vision, then the Mets aren't going to have... You know, they didn't come back and decide. Instead, Trevor Williams will... And I hope they bring him back in his role. But he'll, he'll be the starter we come back. And we're out on Senga. And we can't get Nimmo. And we'll try Conforto for a year. I, I'm not saying all those things were going to happen, right? I'm not telling you those are the differences. But do I think that this is basically Marty McFly is Steve Cohen and he just got called yellow and he's like, I'll show you yellow. Paul Hogan and Crocodile Dundee. You think that's a knife? This is a knife? That's a knife. Here's your vision. Shove it. Yeah, absolutely. Do I think it's a coincidence? No. Do I think Steve Cohen, in, now, do I think he might have done it anyway? Do I think that he enjoyed doing it that close to it? Yes. Do I think that the social media, the Mets, go watch him yesterday, were putting out as much Verlander stuff as they could right after DeGrom was saying all this garbage? Absolutely. Do I think the Mets got pissed off that DeGrom said that? Yes. Am I pissed off he said that? Yeah. I'm not pissed off he left, but what he said was just ridiculous and stupid. You, you can't do that. Now, if he had come from the Angels, who forgot pitching was important, I, I don't even know how many years ago, right? And he had come from there, or he had come from, you can name a million other teams, you want to tell me, right? If Jacob DeGrom was playing for the New York Jets and not the Mets and said, hey, I don't know about this vision. He played for the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know about this vision. You just were on a team that added Max Scherzer, gave you Buck Showalter, won 101 games, when just two years before that, the vision your former agent had was the similarity to Bird Box trying to go down blindfolded a river backwards with children in tow. Facts. 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 Vision. Really? You want to be a latex salesman? Come on, man. Xander Bogarts. <laughs> I need a sip of coffee after that. Believe Network. Yeah, you can get the swag. All right, let's talk Xander. There are times where teams have to overpay. I don't know where the Padres got all this money. They've got an exorbitant amount now. Because, you know, they played in on Turner at, you know, well over what he ended up making with Philadelphia. Turned it down. They played it on Judge at the last second. He flew there to meet with him and A.J. Preller and San Diego and company and that ownership and not the Giants. For what was a 10th year at 40, a year for $400 million, they turned down. Now, if you go back, I don't know a lot of things. I'm not perfect. But you stick with me. You, you, you know what? Just go by common sense because that's all I do. I tweeted out right after we heard about the judge offer. Go look at it a couple of days ago. 
Well, they offered all that money to Turner, and they offered it to Judge. You know they're now going to turn around and offer it to one of these shortstops. And then within 24 hours, here's Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts got more money than Xander Bogarts deserves. Probably true, based on performance. Brandon Nimmo shouldn't have gotten eight years. Probably true. Aaron Judge shouldn't get nine years. Probably true. And we could go on and on and on. But when you've got Manny Machado who can opt out, when you still have Soto, who, by the way, is two years left, but you have no guarantee he doesn't want to go in free. Look, he got traded there. So you got no guarantee he doesn't want to go to the Mets or somewhere else. And yeah, I don't know. I'm not Juan Soto's friend, admittedly. Or you, and even if you were, he may not tell us anyway. I don't know. But there's a two-year window here with the Padres where you could lose Machado and then lose Soto. It's possible. If Machado leaves, the team has some injuries. They don't have a good year. Juan Soto's sitting out there in free agency. Maybe all of a sudden it turns around and they trade him. Maybe it looks like he doesn't want to go there. He's got Scott, too, attached to him. So who knows, right? They needed and felt they needed another cornerstone. A, to be safe if they lose Machado and then Soto in back-to-back years. B, to ensure the fact that they could win at a high enough level to get Machado to stay, to do what Arenado just did in St. Louis when he said, now nah, I could opt out, but I don't want to. I want to be here. And Manny seems to be comfortable there. I'm not guaranteeing he's going to opt out. Like other people are saying, this is, no, they, they have knowledge and they know he's going to leave it. You know, I think it's more being careful, but it also, it enables them to be more sure that they could put and field the team that he'd want to stay on. And you have to overpay. And to get Xander Bogarts to leave Boston and to go all the way to San Diego, they had to put a gap. And, oh, boy, did they put a gap. But when I look at this move, I don't have any problem with the Padres offering the money. I don't because when you look at their lineup, again, you got to strike when you got a chance to win. The haves and the have-nots. If you're not a fan of San Diego, not a fan of the Dodgers, not a fan of the Cardinals, not a fan of the Mets, not a fan of the Phillies, not a fan of the Braves, and you're in the National League in 2023 and 2024, you have no chance you should go home now. You're building for 2025. I don't care if while I'm doing this here live on a Friday, the Cubs lock up Dansby Swanson or Carlos Correa, and they already got Bellinger. You could tell me they get Rodon. They still can't. Now, it could maybe win a division and get closer to that. They're not competing with the Padres, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, or the Phillies, and the Phillies have healthy with Bryce. They're not doing that down the stretch of next year. Even you're another year out, maybe not two if you get enough big names. At least one, probably two. So the Padres, just like the Mets, looking at their situation, got Soto for two years, right? Now, look, it's not through by the ages, the Shures are in DeGrom, and these aren't pitchers, but Soto for two years. I got Machado for at least a year. And I got a chance after everything that we've done to show that we could do to the Dodgers in the, in the regular season what happened to them in the postseason. Let's go get it. And they did that. And good for them. I got no problem with that. It's their money. Is it an overpay? Sure, it's an overpay. Is Xander Bogarts a criminally underrated player? He is. He's a criminally underrated player. The amount of people I see in the marketplace sit there and, and talk shit about Xander Bogarts, you got no idea what you're talking about and haven't watched the dude play. And it's either because you hate the Red Sox and you're a Yankee fan, or you haven't watched the Red Sox because they've sucked. And because AC, who I love in that group, were in last place. All right? But this dude is one of the more consistent athletes in this sport, has continued to get better and better, even though he's not a great defender defensively, enough to be able to play short, even though he could play third as well. 
and certainly could move if he has to, for example, if a Machado were to leave in a year. Sure, Bogarts could do that if you wanted to go, you know, sit there and, you know, you have obviously with Kim and, and Tatis Jr., you've got other shortstops options. Another, right? Hey, look, if then, here, okay, Tatis for a year, but hey, we got other shortstops in tow. You know, Manny, we don't, we don't need just in case. All right. This guy was a terrific player. The problem I have is with Boston. And it's not, and this is again where people screw this up, it is not because I'm saying that the Red Sox had to pay $280 million. It's because you idiots, they didn't have to pay $280 million. If the Red Sox had given Xander Bogarts a lick of respect, and they gave him zero, in my opinion, the Red Sox are the kings of this. And it's not about their GMs, it's about the ownership. Because they did this garbage with Pedro, they did it with John Lester, they did it with John. They've done this with so many different players with this stand on your soapbox high horse. We are not going to go to this many years and blah, blah, blah. And everyone's replaceable and we don't need this. Well, guess what? This guy you needed. You just brought in a guy from overseas who, by the way, may be very good, but we're going to start translating his stats. You want me to tell you, you can tell me all the guys that have done it and the Otanis and the, the, the Suzuki's and the Sasaki's. And, and it, there are plenty of guys who have sucked. Let me tell you about Kazmat Sui. There have been tons of guys. You don't know what those numbers portray. We have no idea what that's going to be. Now, it seems like the kid's got bad on ball skills and a great eye at the plate. Could be a great leadoff hitter. But he's not Xander Bogarts. He not. Red Sox have done a nice job in the back end of the bullpen. I, look, they've put in the work and the time, certainly. They've even lost guys they made efforts to get, and they certainly need to improve that. Who's in the starting rotation? Not good enough. Who in the middle of the lineup without Bogarts? Not good enough. How about the depth of the offense? Not good enough. Do we forget? Now, look, you may not want to pay J.D. Martinez, but they lost him too. They were in last place. This isn't a first-place team who can kind of pick it up and have other pieces fill in. You're a last-place team trying to get better, and you just lost your best player. How am I supposed to feel if I'm a Red Sox fan? You know how you should feel? Like your team has stood on ceremonies and a soapbox in their principles, and their principles are made out of silly putty. Xander Bogart should be a Red Sox because they never let it go out to that. But just like the John Lester situation, who years ago I'm in San Diego at the winter meetings and watched him sign a $150 million deal to join the Cubs, they lowballed that guy by like $60, $70 million. Compared to Xander Bogarts, they offered him a good deal. And this dude wanted to be representing your franchise so damn bad, he still went back to you and gave you a chance at the last second, and you still sat there, stood in your Swiss cheese, silly putty principles, and said, this is as far as we'll go. That is having no clue. You may have won at different levels, and we've seen them win 2013, 2018, but no offense to Heimblum, Dave Dabrowski's not there anymore. He just winning everywhere else he goes to. To see Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts battle it out on Sunday Night Baseball this year in a Padre Dodger tilt on a Sunday with both teams tied for first place. If I'm a Red Sox fan, forget about it, you can't watch that. That is making you nauseous. Rightfully so. Because Mookie Betts never should have been anywhere else. Xander Bogarts never should have been anywhere else. No way. Absolutely no way. That ownership's got tons of money, and they got plenty of capital to spend, and they did a disservice to those players, and they did a disservice, more importantly, because a larger number, to that whole city and every one of those fans. 
I went to school there. I covered that team. I know the religion that is the Red Sox. I respect the hell out of that fan base big time. I've seen it. And I feel bad for every single one of you. Every single one of you. That is garbage. And you're going to have very few people going to be admitting that because, look, I don't like the Patriots either. I don't like the Celtics either. I'm tired of, you know, that city with the city of champions and up with the Bruins and Brad Martian, and we can go on forever, right? But I'm a realist. I feel bad for you. That is garbage. That's not a Met fan with Jacob deGrom who took a five-year deal for like two extra years to go to Texas and never wanted to come back. This guy's banging on your doorstep. Now, if Jacob deGrom had come back to the Mets and was banging on their door and saying, hey, look, I know you're giving me four years, but if you give me a fifth year, I want to stay. I'll even do it at a little less money. I want to come to you. I want to be back. And then he's calling again and calling again. And then the Mets didn't pay up. Guess what? Then you got butt hurt in Queens. And not at DeGrom, but at the, at the franchise. Xander Bogart's a situation 100 times worse than even what I just hypothetically explained would have been the case with DeGrom. This guy went back tooth the nail time and time again to you. That organization should be absolutely horrified with itself. It's a disgrace the way they treated that player. And a great dude. And great in the community. All the things that John Lester was when you did it to him. Common denominator. Not the GM. So I'm not sitting there telling you I know every conversation Heimblum has, but a lot of times we get into the GMs and we blame them for situations. And I heard when I was living down here at the time and Alex Anthopoulos was no good and he didn't do this. And I'm sitting there and saying, hey, look, you know, Liberty Media and the ownership, not letting him go pay. He's doing all these one-year Band-Aid deals, bringing back Donaldson and the Smiley's and everybody else that it was at the time, right? And all of those sorts of things, because this is all he could do. They're not... They're not letting the reins off. You can't give Dale Earnhardt or Jr. a 97 Camry and say, go out there and, and you know, go win the day. You can't do that. All right? Or Cole Trickle or whoever you want to put it. You can't do that. And now, Alex Anopoulos, look at the five years he's had, everybody thinks down here, and look, he's certainly one of the best. He may be the best general manager in the game. He's not the GM. This isn't Heimblum's fault. This is the ownership. I'm telling you. This is this is the oh no, I'm not saying the GM doesn't have some who I'm not in the conversations, but more often than not, understand it's the owner. It's the owner telling the GM you can't spend the money. It's the owner. On the other hand, you know, you know, Billy Epler's like a kid asking for allowance, and he's at like when you know, when I was a kid, my parents would go to like Atlantic City and they give us like ten dollars to go play in the arcades, my sister and I, when they went there in the casino, because we're sitting there as just kids, and it's like, oh my god, ten bucks. I mean, it's like if I were to ask for $10, am I, am I getting a hundo? That's what it's like being Billy Epler. I don't think that's what it's like being Heim Bloom. Do you? I don't think so. Can't get on him. That's the ownership. They've been doing this for years. They are so high and mighty and so egotistical in that ownership in Boston and think that everybody else's shit don't stink. Sorry. Forgive my, my language. But that's just the case. And that's been the case for a long time, people. A long time. So when I tell you the Bogart situation is disgusting, and it is, please understand, it's not because I think, and I'm not trying to get on Xander, so if you get this in context, it'll be if you listen to the last eight minutes. If not, sorry, feel for you. Go back and, and rewind. It's not because I think he, you know, again, deserved his worth or whatever, $280 million. I think to the Padres in their situation, again, go back and rewind, Soto, Machado, where they lost Turner, what happened with Judge, differences they saw in Bogarts and Correa and, so on, and all that, right? I understand it for them. 
But the, the Red Sox would not have paid him $280 million. They didn't have to. The Red Sox would have come out and offered him a $200 million deal. Who knows how long ago they could have done that, and it would have been worth it. Who the hell would say a word? Because here's the thing they didn't understand, and let's bring this conversation together that we can explain to them about fans. Because let me tell you something. Teams will tell you all the time, and I've heard all this crap, too, on air, and they're like, we don't care about the fans. And then I've even heard you know, off the air that you, you know, anybody who under, of course they care. Of course they care. Yeah, the Dodgers, which, by the way, is dumb, not looking at Carlos Correa because of what happened in 2017, if that's true, is asinine. Guy's a hell of a player. You lost Turner. You're going to lose the law from a Turner and Turner. Bueller's out a year. You need more in the pitching staff. You need more in the bullpen. You need more in the lineup. I love bets. I love Freeman. I know how many games you won, but you're there not to win games to win the World Series. The Padres, look, I'm sorry. You don't want to react to somebody else. Soto, Machado for a full year. They just said it's Andrew Bogarts. They can pitch. They got younger players coming. Tatis wasn't even there a year ago, and look what happened to you in the postseason. You're a Dodger fan, and you are in agreement with the team not going after Carlos Correa because of 2017. You're an idiot. Facts, facts, facts. But going full circle in this conversation, understand this for people who are in the organizations, who watch and listen more than you think. Trust me. I know from conversations over the years where people have gotten mad at me about things I say. I also know from conversations over the years where people have reached out to me, not mad, and said, that, hey, sir, hey, you know what, hey, either give me information on an idea or tell me that an idea, and I don't break news, so I get to keep all those conversations with myself. But people listen to things like this, and they want to know. Make sure everywhere you can to express to the people in organizations who listen and watch because they do the following. If you overpay for a player, that the fan base doesn't know, isn't one of them, hasn't been through the blood, sweat, and tears. I'm not saying you should make decisions based on that, but understand that it may be looked at right, maybe looked at wrong, maybe looked at indifferent. But if you overpay for a player who the fan base is attached to, who the fan base loves, Aaron Judge, New York, Brandon Nimmo, Edwin Diaz, New York, just as recent examples. If you overpay a player who has been there and done that for you and for those fans who bought those tickets, who have those memories, who paid that parking and would do it again every day of the week and twice on Sunday for that player in that jersey, in that city, in those colors because of what they've done for you, nobody is going to give a damn. No one. There isn't a Met fan who has any brain who is upset that Brandon Nimmo just got eight years and a Yankee fan with any brain who's upset right now about the nine years with Aaron Judge because they understand, yeah, those last years may suck, but they understand, and the arson judge thing the Yankee fan felt, what life would be like without them. Well, now you force the Red Sox fan to feel that for no reason because you got all the money in the world and you could have overpaid to keep that player. What do you think is going to happen when your new leadoff hitter who all they got are highlights and videos, has never even played in the States, let alone for this team, opens up two for 20 in April at Fenway Park, is out there after hitting into a double play, and the on-base machine he's supposed to be has an OBP even 20 games in of 280. Now, that's dumb to do with anybody after 20 games. I'm telling you. But I've lived there and covered it there. What do you think happens to that player? They will get shit on 
a hundred times more because they're not Xander Bogarts, which isn't that player's fault, but that's how it gets looked at. Don't play the same position. That's how it'll be looked at. That's how it will be looked at. When Gavin Lux doesn't get it done with this whole, hey, he's a shortstop and that's what he plays, what do you think the Dodger fan's going to do? Look up what Trey Turner's doing in Philadelphia. Because when a guy leaves and then another guy comes in, that's the comparable that you're making all the time. And the Red Sox screwed this up miserably. So, no, I don't think a Met fan should be mad at Jacob deGrom, but the vision stuff was just, I mean, the depth of how, how just asinine it is is beyond comprehension for me. And tells you a lot about how little he cares. I mean, look, can you give me the back pat any more than the backhanded, you know, we cared about the city? And by the way, I don't care whether you did or not, to be honest. I know a lot of Met fans do. They want to tribute videos and him taking out articles. I really could care less. I don't. I enjoyed watching the guy play. I'm thankful for everything that he did. I'm grateful for being able to cover the, 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 the games that he threw and the way that he pitched. And it's amazing to watch. And I'll still watch him in that way covering this game in Texas. But the vision conversation is dumb. But the only person and the only team in the last week of all these moves, because look, the Giants gave it a shot with Judge, they missed. The Padres gave it a shot with Judge, they missed. The Yankees missed a year ago, they understand that. Judge bet on himself. But the Yankees didn't miss when they had to match the offer. And Hal did what he had to do, live from Italy or whatever, via Zoom, and came in and did what he had to do. Did what he had to do. The Phillies didn't miss, especially without Harper there for this half a year and all of that. Think about how you walk into 2023 now when you sit there and you've got a Trey Turner. Didn't miss, all right? Did what they needed to do. And a lot of those, even in the smaller moves, look, the Cubs, I thought the Tyone deal was a good deal for them at the money he's getting paid. It did. You know, I, I thought, you know, the, the Jose Abreu, going back to that, the three years, what a match that is for the Astros. There are so many that are, you know, Rizzo going back to the Yankees all the way back to the beginning of it. You know, Teoscar and, and the Mariners picking him up. There were a lot of great moves. The biggest miss, the biggest loser of them all is not the Giants who missed out on Aaron Judge because, yeah, they missed, but they took a shot that was in the dark. You got the Yankees and a guy who's being handed captain, and all the money in the world behind the Yankees and all the necessity that they had to bring him back. And that's battling against an impossible. That's David against Goliath is Goliath's Goliath. All right. The Mets lost to Grom five years. They brought in Verlander, brought in Quintana already, still working on Senga. The Dodgers, even with the loss of Trey Turner, look at what all that they still have. And they have work to do. The Astros lost Verlander, but I think, again, Javier, I think, will pitch better than Valdez next year and be a Cy Young candidate. Pitches every 30-plus starts could be one of the favorites for me. The biggest loser of them all is the Red Sox. Of them all. Because when you saw what you did with Mookie Betts, and he's a better player than Bogarts, and you make that mistake, and we've all made mistakes in life, you make them in business, you make bad choices, and that's okay. It happens. You say that's never going to happen again. Whatever happens, that, that won't happen. And we all have a that in business and in life. If you're the Red Sox organization, how is your Mookie Betts not that? And how in the hell did you let it happen again? You could join us. Hopefully, it'll be happening again. Get to us as we go here throughout the offseason. Basketball and hockey still to come as well. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Casey Stern. Thanks so much for the support being on board this unfiltered revolution. We here at Unfiltered are as always presented by our good friends at Bet Online. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.